Welcome to My Records and Me. I'm your host, Kylie. Each episode, I bring on someone in my life and we delve into the music that we love and the music that connects us. This special series will be delving into Harry Styles' sophomore album, Fine Line. We'll be going down the track list, and each episode will be about a different song with a different guest. Or sometimes it'll just be me. You'll just have to listen and find out. Enjoy the show. So, track eight, She. So for she, I have on Sam. And Sam, Sam, how did we meet? So you made the mistake of wearing an Aaron <laughs> Rodgers jersey to a party at Bob's house. To a Halloween um, party. It was a that's Halloween party. Yeah. yeah, that's why yeah. I wore the jersey. I was Aaron Rodgers. Right. I forget what I was wearing at that party. You were wearing um, a mask. You were wearing something over your face. Well, I mean, it's Halloween, so I guess that tracks. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and around that time, that was the, uh, who was the linebacker who did that? It was on the Vikings. I forget his name. But the guy who, like, literally just, like, threw Aaron Rodgers and, like, broke his body in half, essentially, his collarbone, like, split in two. So every time I saw you, and, like, there would be points where, like, I I was, like, I knew who you were, but I I wouldn't even remember your name, probably, at that point, because we had just met, and, like, I'm, I'm horrible with names. I would literally just go over and just try and piss you off by, like, pretending your fucking collar. It's like, oh, you know, my collarbone's hurting, yeah. Kylie. Oh, God. Yeah, he, he did this the whole night. The whole, yeah. whole night. That was my first memory of you. And then my second memory of you is mm-hmm. we were in the our club office. And I don't know what we were doing, but it was just, like, you, me, Emily. It's just some people. And I was eating Reese's peanut butter cups. And Sam... I learned loves Reese's peanut butter cups, so we just started talking about <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Reese's peanut butter cups are like a human universal, outside of like so. your peanut allergies. But I feel like I'm one yes. of those people. Even if I had a peanut allergy, I would still like Reese's peanut butter cups. You know. Me too. I would risk. I'd risk it. Yeah. So Sam, we're talking about she. From fine line when did you first hear this album hear this song do you do you have any memory so i don't have a specific memory of well i do of like listening to the whole album i don't really have a memory of like hearing the news about it hearing the singles mm-hmm. and then leading into the um first album like digestion process of like listening to the full thing all at once like we did at uh, back of my house with the speaker set yes we did um i have to imagine it was probably because of like the music we were listening to in the perg office right you know what i mean because like um i feel like that was one of the things too like not just how we met but how we like you know became friends right it was like connecting through music in the perg office no literally um, sam and i made if you guys listen to when sam is on with when we talked about George Harrison's All Things Must Pass, we literally did. We literally always talked about getting like a show on the radio, on the college radio station. And we even made this Spotify playlist called uh, Sam and Kylie Take WHUS, which was the the um, college radio station name. And that playlist still slaps. And we would just add on music that like we liked or we thought the other person would like. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would play that a lot. You're a senior year in the office. Yeah. For um, sure. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a Definitely. lot, a lot of fun. But yeah, 
I my first like memory was I listened to it at midnight when it came out December 13th Mm. Um, and then I the next day I think it was the Saturday um, the day after we me Dylan uh, went over to Sam's house we got high smoked some bud and we just listened to this album and ate chicken nuggets it was wonderful yeah it was a wonderful wonderful experience yeah, my roommate and my best friend Ian, he um, is a musician, and he's always had like this great speaker setup. Mm-hmm. You know, like surrounds. I don't, I don't know like what the technical terminology for it is. It's just, it's just really fucking good. So like to get to experience the album, I think that's honestly like the, I guess, the flashbulb memory for me in right. terms of like when this album came out was that experience, and also just generally like it was like December twenty nineteen. Right. Um. I just remember that being like an expressly hopeful time period, especially relative to the events that transpired quickly after that time period. (laughs) So maybe it's not even the fact that it was like, um, it was like on its own, very hopeful. Mm -hmm. I think it's just the, the, the relative hopefulness, you know what I mean? was just just night and day. So, yeah, I agree. I I feel the same of that time period. I felt like a lot of the emotions that I was going through at that time period were very, reflected in this album um yeah great just um it this each song is so kind of different Mm. um you know i just was watching some interview or reading some interview with him harry the other day and he was like you know fine line i started making like funner music but Mm -hmm. i was still like like holding back a little bit holding back that's interesting i wonder what Mm -hmm. he means by that yeah, well, he talks a lot about... I'll have to send you at the interview. He talks a lot about how the first album... Which I think the first album is really good. And I think it still stands to mm-hmm. this... Like, it holds up. Um, that, like, he, he... He really wasn't taking any, like, risks with the album. Um, which I disagree with. I think it was a risk releasing Sign of the Times as his first single post one direction but yeah i disagree too with that but you know it's just my analysis of of him um but yeah he he always says that like the first or he's saying now that the first album he was taking he was playing it completely safe um where the second album he was like getting more looser and having a lot more fun with it um and when we when i start talking about the process of this album like he definitely got like had more fun i think making fine line but Mm -hmm. He said with the new one, Harry's House, he just like completely let go. Okay, so we are talking about She. So so this is track eight. So it's in between To Be So Lonely, Before Sunflower. And it's this like ambiguous, like six minute long song. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of interpretations of this song, but like, what is your first, like, what do you think of when you think of this song? Mm. So you're, I have the word ambiguous in my notes too. Yeah. Um, so I think we've talked about this before, but like when I'm listening to music, uh, the primary thing that I'm listening to, at least at first is not lyrics, it's the actual yeah. music itself. Um, and I'm also a very visual person. So right. Um, there are songs where like this is this is kind of funny to think about, but there's another band. They're a um, they're a Finnish metal band. 
called Nightwish. Anyway, they have this 23 minute long song to make a long nice. song short. It's like it's it's basically like a story of like the universe. So like oh, one of my favorite oh. things to do is to just get high and like visualize like nice. it's like a roller like it's like a roller coaster visual in my mind when I listen to that song. Mm-hmm. And it's like an, it's like an explosion of colors. In contrast, mm. this song, I don't know why it's the opposite, but the ambiguity of it and the tone of the music um and then i guess reflecting on the lyrics more kind of makes me visualize it when i'm thinking about it in black and white Mm. like it's some kind of old movie or it's some kind of like memory that the color is fading and eventually the memory itself will fade but it's in the process of fading away you know what i mean do you have synthesia i don't know because like there's no reference point for like not like i've never not like like if i do have it i've never not had it so there's no reference point for me to know like transitioning you know that's very okay that's very interesting i did not i maybe i maybe i did know that about you but i feel like i didn't i don't know but i know you the way you listen to music it's always like the 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 record the sound like i know it's always the back the backing track that's very fascinating i agree with you black and white like so my first kind of analysis is this it's like it's really the protagonist who may or may not be Harry like we don't really know because he's using like he's just using the pronouns like he so Mm -hmm. again don't know if it's him don't know if it's someone else um really he's spending his days picturing himself with someone other than who he's with is how Mm. I've always seen the song Mm. but there are a lot of other takes which I find interesting that are it's an introspective approach towards the examination of the protagonist's gender identity, which also makes you think. Hmm. But Harry is never confirmed like what it is about. And he you like never does that with any of his songs. Like you could be like, well, what this is about this. And he'd be like, mm, if it's if that's what you think, um, which love that. I love when artists. Yeah. Or like just you do you boom <laughs> like yeah. like this like i had a thought when i made it but you can think whatever you want but yeah, yeah he's never confirmed um which obviously has allowed for a lot of like interpretations like the gender identity which is a, a very interesting one to think about that is interesting because i was when i was reading the lyrics i was noticing that um what mike actually give credence to that theory is that the verses are all in third person Right. Referring to here, right. to, to, to him. But then the chorus is in first person. You know what I mean? Oh, Refer- yeah. Self-referential. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So maybe what's that? what that's doing is referring to like a past self. Mm. You know? Possibly. I don't know. That's a I good, don't know. It's an interesting theory. Yeah. Um, genius. They were quoting what you just kind of said about how it kind of goes back and forth where we're talking from the he perspective outlining this man's like habitual activities um but then when the chorus again she lives in daydreams with me again referring Mm -hmm. to she but also referring to the to me like referring to yourself um maybe it's that desire to explore this concealed feminine identity i don't know Mm. um but maybe in like this effort to mask that true feminine side the protagonist like has built up a near kind of it like in like masculine facade that he mm. worries um that he won't be able to take down i wonder then if that's like the interpretation 
mm-hmm. um, like the 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 verses lyric about like the get, taking a boat out and sailing away. Like, what is that? Is that referring to specifically like becoming their true self? Yeah, or just you know like, what I mean? You know, getting away from because in that line he's like, um, and not telling his mates. So yeah. again, like going escaping from this maybe like mask this per this protagonist has put up um and going and you know living or feeling their true selves or whatever exploring whatever but away from you know again this masculine facade that they have put up so mm. i don't know it really it, it the, this theory has been going on around for like as long as the album's been out as long as the song's been out and it always is like oh that's interesting I don't mm-hmm. think it is like it's not how I view it, but it's a very interesting way to think about the song. Why do you not? Because at least to me, I don't know. Because I like lyrical analysis is not really my forte. Um, like hearing that, like that seems like a pretty plausible theory. Like what? Yeah, what I'm not saying it's that? not plausible. Like why do you think it's not like your I guess preferred interpretation? I think it really is just about a dude who has this, like, boring life and he just wants to sleep with someone hotter is really my, you know, cut-and-dry analysis of it. But, like, he has to, like, live this life. Like, he's dropping off his freaking kids and, you know, he has this assistant and it's in the morning. It's not in the morning. And, you know, um, and, like, you know, when it says... About the boat, imagine sailing away, not telling his mates. He wouldn't know what to say. Like, I don't know, like, maybe leaving this facade. Like, again, another facade of just, like, comfortability and, like, oh, happiness in life of, like, I imagine it. It's, like, this guy with a wife and kids, but he actually, and this, like, great job, but he hates it all and just wants mm. to, like, leave and, again, just sleep with the hotter woman is kind of my analysis. Yeah. Or not, you know, just another person. Yeah. I guess um, it also, yeah, I don't know. But wait, did you say Harry, like, confirmed the meaning of it? No, he no? didn't. He has oh, okay, I thought you said he, okay, I got you. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. my favorite, and the reason why I think that the most is because the bridge, which is, lives for the memory, a woman who's just in his head, and she sleeps in his bed while he plays pretend, so pretend. See, to me, is that. But also, I'm like, that could be. <laughs> uh while he prays for t- plays pretend with the gender, ident- gender identity currently, ha- know. you know what I mean? Like I don't know. It makes you think this, this, that, like, it really does make you think because I think you could see that in both ways. You could see, especially with, like, the woman who lives just in his head and sleeps in his bed while he plays pretend. Yeah. Um, like, and there's nothing more to say than just say the lyrics, like, yeah. and you can think, okay, well, maybe he's talking about he really is talking about this other side of himself that's like feminine and you know yeah i mean it was that he's not comfortable yeah about with like and i'm trying to think of the motivation like what i I don't know if there was a motivate motivation or a inspiration for him writing those lyrics you know what i mean that's the thing because here that's what tips me over yeah puts me on team gender dysphoria you know what i mean Ooh, because okay. okay gender dysphoria throwing <laughs> out the big words <laughs> just like i'm kidding i'm kidding yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um different like gender expression to me yeah. at least like it would make sense considering like the way harry has presented himself in popular oh, yeah. culture you know what i oh, mean yeah. like as an inspiration for that you like know? i i can totally see it like i think harry i think he's this perfect balance of like 
feminine and masculine like mm-hmm. when he does like things that are perceived as feminine by you know society's standards uh he's like he's like still like this like dude doing it and you're still like yeah fuck he's hot like yeah like like I'm looking at this picture of him on my wall that from the fine line cover. I mean not from the fine line cover, from the it's one of the fine line inserts. Like dudes like naked, like posing, and he and there's this such like feminine like aura about him. Like he mm. he just he's he's a I don't know, like he does play a, he plays up both of those sides. Right. He's Harry any style. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, so the, really the other thing that I think makes this song so amazing besides it's six minutes long is the amazing, you know, kind of guitar outro by his Mm. guitarist and longtime collaborator, Mitch Rowland. Um, and Styles admitted to the Rolling Stone that they came up with this guitar solo during a trip on Mushrooms. He said, Mitch played that guitar when he was a little uh, influenced. Well, he was on Mushrooms. We all were. We had no idea what we were doing. We forgot all about the track, then went back later and loved it. But Mitch had no idea what he did on guitar that night, and he had to learn it from the track. Styles continues saying, um, this one just feels really British to me. I usually, like the song, it feels really British to him. He said, <laughs> I usually sing with an American twang um, because the first because the first person I ever listened to was Elvis Presley. When I'd been doing the track listing and taking off the ones that definitely made the album, it was always the first three to be ticked. It's a phenomenal song. Mm. So, yeah. I love... So, Mitch Rowland... Funny story about Mitch Rowland. So, when Harry was originally recording his first album, he was supposed to have a professional, like, guitar guy... Like, a guy who, like, his job is to go into studios and do guitar... Um, to come in but that guy got sick so one of the audio techs was like oh let me just call my roommate mitch and he knows how to play guitar and mitch came in and has him and harry have just never left and he wrote a lot with the first album he wrote a lot with fine line and he wrote i think he wrote a few songs with harry um for the next one too so pretty Pretty what cool. A turn like, in, what a turn in your life. Just be like, hey, by the way, like. And a fun fact, he is now married to Harry's drummer, Sarah, and has a baby with her. Oh. They met in the band. Damn. So he's locking himself in long term is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, I'm like, good for, I'm like, Mitch, I'm glad you came to the studio that yeah, day. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he's great. And he d- like he, when he does this solo, like, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's really funny because he's got, like, he has, like, no, like, outward personality. Like, he does not smile. So it's just so funny to see this dude with, like, you know, very long black hair, this, like, mustache, just, like, playing this awesome guitar. No smile. <laughs> no expression. <That's> <laughs> just, like, killing it. And all these people, you know, screaming and all this stuff. That's awesome. I didn't know. I mean, like, thinking about it, it seems very... Um unrefined and rough i don't mean that in a negative way like the tone is almost biting Mm. you know what i mean like it bites through the mix um and it's almost seems a little like to me at least like it's harsher than you would normally think like the song would like the tone like the tone of the song would um Mm. would um i agree i think i guess require you know 
But, I mean, learning about how they were on shrooms when they made it, like, just makes sense. I think it's yeah. so funny that they, that he, Mitch, forgot how, did not know what he was doing when he did it and had to relearn it from the track. That yeah. is so funny. It is funny. Well, I think a lot of touring musicians, like, if they, if you have a bunch of albums, you're not going to know everything by heart. Oh, no. So they got to relearn no. so much of, like, oh, wait, like, shit, how do I play? How do like, I play how did again? I do this? Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine, yeah, like, like, Pearl Jam. Yeah, they play mostly the same. They play okay, but if they songs. like pulled something crazy, like some like B side, yeah, yeah, like a deep cut, or like even like Bruce Springsteen. Oh my god, like think about all the shit that he has put out. Even like, just I can... for one show, for like a three and a half hour show. Like... Oh my god, yeah, I've been to one of them. It's crazy. Yeah, it's insane to see live, or like freaking Paul McCartney. It's like it's crazy because it's like well. He wrote the song 40... Obviously, Harry wrote this song. Obviously, this is not, you know... This is not transferable because this song... This, these songs were written three years ago, but... Yeah. Think of the the guys who just mentioned. Some of those songs were in 20, 30, 50, 40. I just, 60. 60 years ago. It's like... Yeah. I'm going to have to listen back to the track and remember yeah. what the hell I did. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's their job, too, so... It is their job. But, yeah, yeah. but... Um, I always find that kind of funny. And there was this, um, uh, Harry did this interview with Zane Lowe from Apple Music about Fine Line when it was coming out in 2019. And he said that when he was on Shrooms, when they were doing this, he bit his tongue off. Like he bit the, Harry bit the tip of his tongue off because he was high and he ran out of a window. <laughs> and when he landed, he bit the tip of his tongue off. And, Shit. um, but he's fine. It regrew or something. What? <laughs> he said his Wait, that can happen? I guess. It will happen to Harry. I don't know if it could happen to oh, us. Oh, wait. I need to Google this right now. Okay, so this article from talkradionews.com says, um, no, your tongue cannot grow back on its own when it's cut in half. But No, that's just cut in half. It but, wasn't cut in half. <laughs> but if it's a small cut, then it can heal. Humans are not regenerative like, like some of uh, like reptiles, but it will not. Okay. You can also have it reattached through surgery and then have therapy to speak again. Huh. And then they go through Tom and Kung, or tongue lesions. We, we don't have to we well, go yeah, that. no. So I also think about that when I think of the song. Harry Styles bit his tongue off on shrooms yeah. while making the song. That's hilarious. Um, but this is also like an interesting placement. Like it's after To Be So Lonely and before Sunflower mm-hmm. volume 6. So the reason why I also think it's kind of like thinking of someone else is because after to be so lonely. But again, here's the thing. We don't know if this song is like really written as ha- with Harry as the protagonist, mm-hmm. at least in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. you don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's also why I lean towards it, towards my theory is because it's after to be so lonely. Do you think that the, so you're like, hmm. I didn't consider it like it's relative placement in the album is like giving it meaning. Um, at least to me, like, I feel like it would still be not oddly placed, but it's a difficult one to place. I, you know, she in between those in between to be so lonely and, and sunflower is just random. And same thing with Treat People Kindness. Treat People Kindness is after Canyon Moon, which is like a bittersweet reminiscent of like a relationship into fi- and then Fine Line, which is Fine Line. Like there's, I can't describe Fine Line. Yeah. It's, just, it's just sad. Like it's sad, yeah. but also hopeful at the end. I don't know. Yeah. 
it's 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 this song is awfully pl- is i think it's it's very hard to place in this album i don't want to say it's awfully placed it's hard to place and so is tree people kindness yeah i think it's not even due to the like the placement itself it's just the nature of the songs relative to the other songs yeah. like no matter yeah. where you put it it would feel oddly placed i guess but um i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either like i don't think it is you know I would say I pretty like you know what the general story is and the general gist because like it is talking about his relationship um, with Camille Rowe in 2017 to 2018 like that's mm-hmm. who like that's the, the the voicemail at the end of Cherry like you know that's who he's talking about in these songs um, but this is like this is kind of just uh this one doesn't really fit in that in my head because again you don't really know if this is about harry or someone else and you don't know what harry is really discussed like who she is like you don't know if that's an actual person or that's like this second self Mm. it's almost like it's a break from the like the reality of what's like going on in the rest of the album like it's its own trip itself you know what i mean (laughs) sorry wait my mind just was blown by that realization right now okay i don't know it's just a thought that no i think you're right so then what the fuck is Tree People with Kindness then? <laughs> Tree People Kindness is crazy. It's like, it's a crazy yeah. song, Tree People Kindness. Yeah. It's a fun song though. It is fun and I dance to it. I just yeah. don't like the chorus. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Okay, so do you have anything else to add? Yeah, now that we've been okay. all through that, why did you want to talk with me about this? <laughs> I was really confused. Because like, like okay, okay. I have, okay, okay, I have to ask the question and I just want to let you... Because we're going to move on to that. Okay. Sam, so if you were to pick a song for yourself off this album to an- to analyze with me, or in general, would it be this song? No. <gasps> Did I offend you? <laughs> I just can't believe that I was wrong. What song would you think it would be? Oh, um... Oh, he well, says, oh. I, I, well, oh, oh. He said um, it so matter-of-fact and then didn't have an answer immediately. So, like, generally, like, I, li- I like to listen to all kinds of music, but I'm generally drawn towards the more, like, guitar-oriented rock. Shut the fuck up, fire <laughs> department. Um, I'm generally drawn towards more guitar-oriented, like, rock-oriented sounds. So, to me, um, like, Golden is the song that kind of, like, is, like, embodies that. Now, wow. And I'm not even thinking okay. about necessarily lyrical content, but no, I feel like I that's, agree. like, the most rock song on the album. It's the opener. I have a lot of things to say about album openers, you know what I mean? So that would be that my first... And that's a good opener. Yeah. That's so I think at least, like, my first thought was that. And then outside of that, I wasn't really sure. And, like, she actually probably would have been one of my, like, the ones most f- further down on the list that I would think you would pick for me. But... Wow, Golden. Okay. Golden is also... I'm going to have to look back on my phone to send you some when I saw it, one of the times I saw it live in the fall. Because mm-hmm. Golden is so... That's how he opens the show, too. Yeah. Like, he performs that. Like, that's the first song he performs. Oh, my God. So good. So, so good. Wow, Golden. Okay. I did not think that. My mind's well, kind I, I mean, we would have we been doing it if you, if you did, probably. I know. Right. So, the reason why I picked she is because of those reasons you said, but I I analyzed that with she. Mm. I thought she was, like, the best... I think... I don't think it's the best mix. Like, I don't think it's the best track, but I thought it was the best mix for you. 
based on how I know you listen and analyze music. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely, um, I can definitely see like where your perspective would come from that. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, it's like a psychedelic thing, which like, it, it's almost like, it's like Pink Floyd, Floyd style psychedelic, yeah. where it's like the very um, wavy open kind of music. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas the psychedelic I, music that I tend to listen to doesn't actually tend to be more of the wavy open stuff generally. It's more of like the twiddle, like, not quite frantic, but like bouncy. There you go. Energizing gotcha. kind of stuff. See? Um, but I mean, I can see what you, I can see like what your, like your thought process was. My, so my thought process was, it was very, it was very based in the psychedelic. Mm -hmm. But I just, to me, I was like, okay, this is just the most psychedelic song off the album, which I think it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to put Sam with this because I okay. think this, also, um, I always think when I think about this album, my first, whenever, I know I first listened to it at midnight on when it came out and I was in the alumni study hall, like I remember, but mm -hmm. my first, like the one that means more to me is when we went to your house and listened to it. Like that meant, that obviously meant a lot more to me. And yeah. this, and this to me is also just like one of the ultimate like stoner songs, quote unquote, like it is. Mm -hmm. So that's also why I associate it with you is because I'm like, well, that's what we did. We just got high and listened to this album. We had a good yeah. time. And I'm like, I feel like that was their vibe when they were making this song. So yeah. I've just associated with you. And I the guitar solo. That. I'm just like Sam. I'm just like guitar solo Sam. Yeah. In my head. Yeah, just for those sure. Those things correlate. Yeah, you're, you're correct. Um, well, the thing is, too, I also, so like after you explaining the context and everything, I can definitely understand because I didn't really know, like, yeah. It sounded like it, but I didn't know the background of like everything that went into making the actual song. You know what I mean? So that makes that makes a lot of sense. Shrooms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So thanks, Sam, for coming on the show as always. Of course. Um, Anytime. You will be back soon. I hope so. You will. Okay. And so yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, give us a follow on whatever platform you're listening to. Give us a rating, as long as it's good, and give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok at MyRecordsAndMe. Next time, oh, next time, we will be talking about probably my first favorite song off this album, um, one that has a very, you know, close meaning to my heart, which is Sunflower Volume 6. We'll see you there. All the music used in this episode fall under fair use under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowances made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, and reporting. Thank you.